Peace. This is Omar Effendim. This is Amira Sackett. I'm Big Samir. I'm Asia Black, and we, we are, are the, the Reminders. Reminders. And you're listening to MVCCPO. Voices from the rapper, poet, uh, and I've been traveling the world sharing my music and my stories uh, for almost 15 years now. Uh, I live in Los Angeles and I'm here as an artist in residence with this Moraine Valley Community College uh, mosaics slash building bridges program. Omar Fendum is a poet based in Los Angeles. He's known for his unique blend of hip-hop and Arabic poetry and he has written a new piece for us today about his personal connection to Charlottesville. Let's welcome Omar. Virginia. Mr. Jefferson, we haven't met before, but I'd like to think I know you pretty well. After all, I visited your home in Monticello on a number of occasions. I've read some of your most acclaimed writings. I even graduated from the institution you took great pride in founding. Nestled in the picturesque hills of Virginia's Blue Ridge Mountains, I studied architecture there and spent many an afternoon sketching the rotunda and the lawn, learning about how you thoughtfully designed their layout according to a unique vision for education that wasn't rooted in any specific religious tradition, but rather in science, art, reason, and the pursuit of knowledge. So much so that the campus chapel very much feels like an afterthought. Not surprising, given your feelings about separation of church and state, a complicated figure you were, Mr. Jefferson. I wonder, I wonder if you'd be surprised to find out my Jewish brother-in-law would eventually be given the honor of living on the lawn. I wonder if you'd be surprised to learn that two of the most famous graduates of your fine Southern institution in recent years were women, whom, as you know, Mr. Jefferson wouldn't have been allowed to attend when it was first established or even vote for you to be president. Shout-outs to Katie Kirk and Tina Fey. I wonder if you'd be surprised to find out that the first Muslim congressman in the history of this great nation would later be sworn in onto office on your own personal copy of the Quran to spite and in spite of vehement objections from Virginia Republican Representative Virgil Goode. I wonder if you'd be surprised to see me, Omar, a Syrian American Muslim immigrant fall in endless love with Ashley, a beautiful black Jewish Virginia native and begin the first chapter of our 15-year-strong Semitic-European-Arab-Asiatic-African-American love affair. Mr. Jefferson. Uh, when it comes to, you know, points of transformation, uh, sharing my art, uh, especially through this Building Bridges residency program, um, which we're doing here at Moraine Valley Community College uh, this week, but I was actually uh, a resident at Virginia Tech for three weeks uh, over the course of the year, and I saw some really incredible things happening there with folks who, you know, coming from rural backgrounds or, you know, living in Appalachia and Virginia, never been exposed to anything remotely Middle Eastern or Muslim, um, let alone hip-hop, you know. Uh, there was some pretty amazing things happening. Folks were, uh, you know, eyes were opening to the beauty of this culture that, unfortunately, um, is often only 
represented to them in the form of like uh, something to fear, like in order to justify war overseas or this, you know, incoming refugee population that people should be afraid about. Never did they get the opportunity to hear the beauty of this culture, the richness of this culture, why we're so proud to be who we are, connecting what I'm doing as a rapper and a spoken word artist to the traditions of poetry and storytelling that exist in Africa and the Middle East for thousands of years. Uh, and reminding people that uh, ultimately when it comes to art and expression uh, there's this common thread of humanity that binds us all and so um, you know there's been a lot of transformative stuff happening and in the case of Moraine Valley with something like you know this workshop that we just conducted here this writing workshop um, it's folks who are coming predominantly from a Middle Eastern background in the room, uh, and so they relate to my work in a different way. They see me speaking to their experience more directly, but they might not necessarily be as used to talking about um, issues of race and diversity and inclusivity um, because they're coming from this almost homogenous background. Though it is uh, a minority, technically, they, they're, for the most part, interacting with kids just like them. And so to break them out of that comfort zone is also very important. So those are just two examples of the way yeah. that I see this transformation I wrote this verse at 30,000 feet on route to Austin Next week Chicago, last week exhausting Speaking about my people and what six years cost them Syrian bodies strewn ashore, families who've lost them Brutality, the likes of which a child should never see Let alone be subjected to Lonely, poor and destitute realities The likes of which our voices never free Free to march across the harshest seas Only to be rejected too Yeah I'm appealing to the best of you If my mama didn't raise me right I wouldn't be addressing you I'd be on my knees begging you These babies deserve better than blurbs and newsletters Or decisions about their futures That have arms dealers earn better in addition to the smugglers, the looters, oil barons, and air polluters, killer telecommuters, shooting bombs off drones, offices close enough to home to be dozing off by eight with little trauma signs shown. Come on. Sure. Um, so, you know, I grew up in the Washington, D.C. area, and I actually attended uh, an Arabic school growing up. So we were taught the Arabic language every day in addition to the local curriculum. Um, and when you study Arabic, you realize very quickly that poetry is the backbone of the Arabic language. So we were studying poetry from thousands of years ago. And... While at the same time, growing up in and around the D.C. area in, in the 90s, you know, hip-hop was just a part of our sonic backdrop. Uh, you know, BET was established in Washington, D.C. They used to call it Chocolate City. I mean, African-American culture was very rich and, 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 uh, and very influential. And so, you know, I grew up kind of in between these two worlds and trying to find parallels between the two. So not only that I could build bridges between these communities that I love, but also that I could make sense of my own uh, existence here, you know, as somebody who's straddling these, these two different or three, sometimes four different experiences. And so building those bridges became a necessity for me, you know, and it also offered me a way to kind of um, contribute to hip-hop culture in a unique way, you know, and, and, and in a way that spoke to me and my experience more directly. Uh, and that wasn't like faking the funk and acting like I was something that I wasn't, you know. Um, this is what makes me unique, and so I'm going to speak to it. Uh, but at the same time, having grown up listening to rap music and to hip-hop and spoken word, uh, I understand the way that the message needs to be conveyed to be effective, so I, I try my best to, to do that. It's basically just cultural translation and diplomacy. has been like a part of my life ever since I was a kid, and I've just continued to do it in this way. Uh, it seemed really unique at first, but as the years have gone by, I found more and more people are able to relate to it. And, you know, it's ironic that when America is at war with this part of the world for so long, um, you know, you would think that there would be this 
huge divide, but I found that as the years have gone by, more and more people are curious. Like they're starting to question the things that they were told for so long about this one part of the world that they were supposed to fear or supposed to hate or supposed to whatever. Um, but when they get to know us and they get to understand us, they, they get to see the beauty in it. And, and, and you know, it's just what art does. It's like that common denominator that we all have. So, um, you know, it's just been, it's been a part of my life ever since. the United States and Canada, um, and that includes small community centers that are just barely getting by to huge festivals and stages and, uh, you know, conferences. And at the end of the day, you know, for me, it's all about being able to have that connection with people. Um, one of the things I love about what I do is that it forces people to, like, sit down and engage with each other um, and to put the phone down and focus on this experience that's taking place in front of you, the performance, the recitation, whatever it is. To build that human connection and build community is really important to me. Um, and I was actually just recently recognized in a, in, a, in a pretty awesome way. The Kennedy Center has just named me a 2018-2019 citizen artist. Uh, so I'm really excited about that um, and what that holds, you know. Um, it's just a recognition of, of the fact that, you know, what I do has value and I appreciate that, you know. It's hard living in the West when I know the East got the best of me. Could be looking in my eyes, but you never really see the rest of me now. Can you hear me, my city? Filing was what I'm blessed to be here. وين الوعي وين امشوا معي هين بين الجبلين عين حبل الطرفين امهاتنا حبة ذاتنا مو عجبهن سباتنا هذا الحكي بين اخواتنا زين العرب والامريكان والله يرحم كل امواتنا اغاني مثل مهاتنا اذا ان العين بالعين ما صفى عن عيون الشام بلاد الشام من فلسطين لجبال لبنان قبل ما اخترعوا الحدود من اسكندرون لكردستان فهمان جد خان ما خالد خانونا اولاد العم بس دمنا دمهم بني ادم بنو ذنبهم على كتافنا شلنا همهم ليه الله بيعلم بس ليك الفتيش والبسكيت احسن لك من 100 مليون مسدس تعرف ليه؟ لانه مو عجبهم بسمتك بس تبتسم رسمتك شابون عربية ومصقف تعطيهم خدمتك وإذا لسه مو راضين ذكرهم كلام إيليا نص الطين ساعة إنه طين
when it comes to the notion of being able to get rid of some sort of you know inherent bias that a culture might have, especially the ones that I'm um, you know a part of, American Western sort of culture, at the same time Middle Eastern and Arab culture, I find. Just any sense of superiority, uh, whether that's you know white supremacy or Islamic supremacy or whatever it is, you know the, the notion that you might be better than somebody else just because you were born a certain way is completely foolish, irresponsible, ridiculous. And if I could do away with that, I absolutely would. Um, but the truth is, I also understand that it's systemic. It's like it's just cooked into the system here and in many ways also overseas, and so. I know that it takes work to dismantle that, and it's going to take time. It's going to take a concerted effort of a lot of people working together, uh, allies supporting each other to really start to change that. So, you know, though I wish I could wave a magic wand and just make it go away, the truth is I know it's a lot more complicated than that. And so I'm trying in my small part through this art form and through, you know, the kind of events that I'm a part of to chip away at that. Um, and so, you know, for somebody who here in America might never be considered American enough, while also in the Middle East and never considered, you know, Arab enough. The fact that I have to deal with that uh, makes me question those, those silly preconceived notions that people might have, you know, and, 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 and that's actually been my biggest asset, you know, though for a long time I thought it would sucked, <laughs> quite frankly. It's uh, your superpower. Uh, honestly, it is. It's the superpower, you know. Uh, there's this uh, famous uh, Palestinian-American intellectual, Edward Said, who written a book called Orientalism, very, very important book. Um, but he had a, no, a memoir of his, it was called Out of Place, and he says, you know, with, with so many dissidences in my life, I've learned to be not quite right and out of place, you know, and almost finding his home in, in that notion of, of being out of place, you know, uh, and I find that really beautiful and poetic, and it's something that speaks to me. Reminding this audience of the words of a brilliant black writer named James Baldwin who once said, and I quote, in this country, if you're an artist, you're guilty of a crime. Not that you're aware, which is bad enough, but that you see things other people don't admit are there. This is a room full of people who see, who witness, who recognize the problems facing our collective communities and are committed to harnessing each and every aspect of our respective crafts and skill sets to inspire action and power change. And so, in conclusion, Mr. Jefferson, I wonder if you'd mind my ending with one last quote from your complicated self to inspire this beautiful audience. A quote that I ask we try our very best to divorce from the reality that it came from a man who owned 607 men, women, and children, and ultimately only granted freedom to two of them while he was alive and five of them in his will, none of whom were Ms. Hemings. And I quote, in matters of style, swim with the current. In matters of principle, stand like a rock. Sincerely yours. Omar Fender. This episode of MVCC POV was produced and edited by AWD PhD with music by Lakey Inspired and Omar Fender. Special thanks to the library for supporting the podcast. Assalamu alaikum, Akum Omar Fender, and I'm Tismau Aswat bin Al Wadi, Voices from the Valley.